How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good morning to you, baseball people. 52 weeks a year. That's how many weeks there are in the year, I do believe. And that's how many Saturday mornings there is baseball conversation right here on 670 The Score. I'm Matt Spiegel, and he is Bruce Levine. Good morning, Bruce. Eventful week. Yes, it was, Matt. Uh, They say no baseball season, but baseball's offseason is usually more intriguing and interesting. Sometimes in a uh, season where everybody plays at 500, that wasn't the case, of course, for the Chicago teams in 2020. Expectations are still high going forward, but I think we start with broadcasting today, Matt. Yeah, it's uh, it's rare that it comes up to the front and takes center stage, uh, and 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 yet it it has. Even in a week where the non tender deadline comes and goes, there are more free agents. We've got Kyle Schwarber's Cubs run to talk about and the future of Carlos Rodon and and more but but you're right it's it's a broadcast move that has gotten all of Chicago baseball fans talking but tell people who's coming on later because great guests you've lined up Bruce I'm looking forward to so at 9 30 uh, Jim Bowden the former general manager of both the Reds and the Washington Nationals now is heard almost everywhere in the world CBS uh, radio He's on uh, Sirius XM doing a baseball show. It's called The Front Office uh, with Jim Duquette and our friend Mike Farron on Friday and Sunday. He's also uh, doing uh, color commentary in ESPN baseball games. And what am I leaving out? He writes for The Athletic. It's a lot That's of about stuff. It. He's the only yeah. guy that uh, out 1099s me out there right now. <laughs> So we have to have him on, and he has a great opinion and a great voice in the baseball world. He'll be joining us at 9.30. At 10.30, the new, uh, vice, um, the new assistant general manager of the Chicago Cubs and director of pitching, Craig Breslow, will join us to talk about um, all kinds of things, including uh, biomechanics and um, all kinds of things. A Yale grad, but a big league pitcher for 12 years, and... Uh, now a very important part of the Chicago Cubs organization. And your call's always at 
644-6767. That's our text line, and Matt will read everything that's worthy to be on the radio and maybe a few things that aren't. Um, Craig Breslow, really looking forward to talking to him. Ten teams in his MLB career as a lefty pitcher. Did win a World Series in 2013 with the Red Sox. But as he said, director of pitching and now assistant GM. So looking forward to that. But, yeah, let's start with the broadcast. Had an opportunity to, to hear from Len Casper uh, yesterday as, as he explained um, what it was all about. And let's hear him first from a Zoom uh, with reporters yesterday talking about why he made this move for radio on the White Sox job and leaving the Cubs television job. It's always been in the back of my mind. I'm an audiophile. I listen to podcasts. I listen to I listen to radio broadcasts. I have spent so much time going back and doing YouTube, but just the, the audio of great baseball broadcasters. And if I don't do this now, John, I might not ever get the opportunity to do it. I'm not the young kid anymore. I, I acknowledge that. And uh, I'm a kid at heart, but we only have one shot at this thing called life. And uh, I don't know what the future is going to bring, but there are mountains to conquer. And this is a mountain I, I really want to climb. Len talking about uh, the radio jobs. They don't. They don't. They don't just show up, do they, Bruce? Limited number of teams. If you're, if you're talented enough, <laughs> uh, like Len Casper, I think they just show up because yeah, he wakes up on Monday morning. You know, takes the dog out for a walk, does his six mile run, uh, checks in with Leo, his son, and goes, "Eh, it's Monday morning, man. Maybe I think I'll be the White Sox radio host from now on." And uh, that, you know, it certainly sounds, you know, the way I put it, that it's uh, unrealistic. But Len has put a lot of thought over his career into uh, following his true passion, which is radio broadcasting. He has one of the plum, had one of the plum TV jobs in all of sports, not just baseball, uh, the, the voice of the Chicago Cubs on television. But uh, I, I admire the fact that... Um, he puts happiness and joy ahead of money and the fact that he's already conquered one mountain and now wants to try another. And to the credit of all the people involved, including Crane Kenny, the president of the Cubs, Mike McCarthy, the head of Marquee, uh, Brooks Boyer, the, the vice president, executive vice president of marketing uh, for the Chicago White Sox, everybody uh, decided this was going to be the right thing and they were going to let it happen. The Cubs came after him with a, a great offer, a p way ab above where he was already earning and other freedoms, and he said, I, I prefer to uh, ch go for the radio job uh, with the White Sox. And since they didn't have that to offer because of the great Pat Hughes with the Cubs, uh, he is now the White Sox voice on the radio. Later in the day, Len joined me and Danny Parkins on the score for about half an hour. It's a, it's a good listen. Go back and check it out later on. Um, Jason Benetti hopped on with us there. We played one little goodbye parody song for, for Len, just a little bit of score goofiness. But you during wrote that, it. yeah, what's that? You wrote it. Yeah, of course. Um, but, uh, but during that conversation, um, Len talked to us about how he's chasing his dreams, like you said, Bruce. 
the things that I'm chasing now are the things that just kind of make me happy and the rest doesn't matter. So that's the best way I would explain how I came to this crazy idea and decision. And, you know, thankfully, Mike and, and Crane were, were amazing to, to even let me consider it. Brooks Boyer is a beast. I mean, he made this thing happen very quickly. And I just, I can't wait to get going. And um, I'm wistful uh, <laughs> because I had a great 16 years, but I banked all those memories and nobody can take them away from me. Bruce, we talked to Brooks Boyer last week on this show, and this entire situation was non-existent until the phone call that you mentioned from Len on Monday. So that's crazy. Seven days ago, this wasn't, this wasn't even something that Brooks or, or, or anybody with the White Sox was thinking about, and here we are. No, and, and there were some great candidates, including uh, friends of ours and people that work at, at the score, uh, you know, that were, had a great opportunity. Andy Mazur uh, stood in there well last year and did a very good job after Ed Farm, Farmer passed away. And, and Andy was one of the uh, candidates as well, along with uh, people we won't mention because I don't think it's fair to them. But in, in reality, um, you know, I had sent a text to Brooks last week. I think it was Tuesday. And I said, there are some great candidates out there. Are you looking to maybe cut Jason Benetti in half and have him do both, uh, you know, radio and television, you know, a tongue in cheek, of course. But he said, boy, wouldn't that be great to have the, the, his great talent on both. And uh, he, he also talked about Andy, you know, having done a really good job last year. But uh, to have uh, Len come over now and uh, be able to do that, it's not just going to be radio, Matt. Uh, he is going to be joining Jason for... I don't know how many days Stoney gets off. He gets like 12 days or 14 days off a season. And Len will be joining um, Jason for a very unique broadcast of two play-by-play guys and two guys that have similar mindsets in a lot of areas doing a broadcast. And on top of that, Len will have 25 days off during the season. Concurrently, every week he'll have a day off. Uh, That means he will be able to do national television once a week if he so wants to, and I think he will. And that means that the, the, the guy who does the pre- and post-game for the Chicago White Sox to be determined mm-hmm. will also get up to 40 games of radio broadcasts when Len is not doing radio. So that's another intriguing part of it because 40 games is nothing to uh, sniff at, and uh, somebody's going to have a great opportunity to uh, be uh, the co-host with, uh, or the, the co-broadcaster with uh, our friend DJ for 40 radio games. So that's going to be intriguing as well to see how they fill that spot. Yeah, some very interesting jobs available in uh, Chicago sports media and in and, and, and baseball terms. Um, I want to make two quick points. I love the idea that the White Sox are going to be the franchise to have two play-by-play guys doing a TV game together after they spent decades with players and no traditional play-by-play guys. It really, it, it's another thing to put on this not-your-father's-White Sox era that, that we've entered here. And the other thing is, I know there are people like wondering, is there subtext here? Did Marquis mess with Len? All that kind of stuff. I, I've been around Len during playoff games that the score carried, as you have, Bruce, and been up on that level near the booth. Len and I were together during Game 7 2016, standing in the back of that radio booth on occasion when uh, I wasn't down the line at the auxiliary press box. And he was dying to be a part of the action in any way that he could. Loves the game, 
and wants to be part of playoff games and World Series games. When you're the TV guy, you get bumped aside. As the radio guy, he'll be the man. So that is that is the very genuine, pure way in which he loves the game and wants to be a part of it at the very biggest level. And, uh, you know, everybody was so magnanimous about this uh, yesterday. And it was, as you said, genuine, that uh, there was great love and um, and appreciation for Len's work and uh, great love and appreciation for both uh, Marquis, uh, the Cubs, and the White Sox for allowing this thing to happen and making his uh, dream come true. Now, uh, that said, um, there are some there's some big shoes to fill on the north side of Chicago, and that is going to be intrigue of its own to talk about whether or not uh, whether or not uh, we're going to get a brand new broadcaster one, two, or three to fill Len Casper's shoes. Yeah, this is Mike McCarthy, the general manager of the Marquee Sports Network, talking about the opening of that job. And it's it's not just going to be handed to Chris Myers like there was a report of uh, the other night. Here's McCarthy saying he's not sure uh, if there'll be one person doing play-by-play or a rotating slate. This is Mike. We're talking about the very beginning of the process here. You know, we're hearing from folks that you might be surprised that we would hear from. And I think we're, we're going to go through this process very carefully and figure out what the best uh, approach is. You know, it's not to rule out that one person couldn't do every game. We work very closely with Crane, by the way, on all of these decisions. But if it turns out to serve the you know fan base best that we have some kind of a rotation because it's a long season and certain folks aren't available all the time, including Len, by the way, he was probably going to miss some games for national broadcasts. We're, we're going to look at every possibility. The good news is, with, with a with a job like this, one of the real pearl positions in sports broadcasting, we're, we're going to end up talking to quite a few people and we'll try to map it out in the best way possible. So to answer your question, John, I don't think we're ruling anything out at this stage of it. It's just a little too early. Mike was on uh, with uh, myself and Danny Parkins later in the day on the score and said, JD's safe. J- Jim Deshays will be there. He's on a multi-year deal. So whoever they get, Bruce, and you think they would do multiples like that? That's, that's fascinating, would be working with Jim Deshays. Well, you know, it is a, a new network. I mean, we're one year into the Marquee Network, not even yet. In February, I think, 21st or 2nd would be the, the one-year mark of when they went on the air. So the idea of, I wouldn't call it experimenting, but the idea of being creative about how your broadcast goes on this network and knowing that it's not just baseball, but it's entertainment, okay? And, and you have to really underline entertainment these days when you're talking about television broadcasts. That gives you the, the width of people way beyond the normal you know, voice of uh, a certain team or uh, somebody that you're going to bring in that's already done baseball. That's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have to be the case. I mean, you can you can split this baby up, you know, three ways. You know, you have 162 games in a season. We don't know how many in 2021, but um, you know, you could talk. You could be talking about Bob Costas for 20 games. You could be talking about hmm. Dan Schulman for 15 games. You could be talking about Chris Myers for 30 games. And would that be upsetting? Would that be hard to follow for Cub fans? Would there be no continuity? Would there be a lack of? Uh, uh, continuous information flow from from game to game. Uh, yeah, it might be, but you know, would the entertainment value transcend all of that? That's really interesting because I, I think you know familiarity 
is is such a big deal and comfort level is such a big deal on the broadcast. We talked about it so much when we were missing it during the pandemic, Bruce, just that steady hum, the low hum of, of, of the ball game and the voices that you're used to being a part of the companion sport that is baseball. I think that'd be a very tough sell uh, to do it that way. I think um, baseball fans are are often the ones that like that sort of shuffle the least of, of sports fans. Don't you think so? Well, I think the most important thing is that you have great belief in the person that is driving the vehicle of your favorite team, okay? You have great belief that he's an expert. You have great belief that he has your best interest in mind. You have the, be- you have the best, you hope the- he has the best uh, knowledge of what's going on in the city. So it's a very, very provincial thing in Chicago, especially Chicago, Boston, LA, uh, New York, uh, you know, all many of the original teams it's really important that you feel you're in good hands with your broadcasters. You know, it can't just be some schmo that showed up. Okay. That's, but if there's huge entertainment value, I mean, if you have Bob Costas, all right, for 30 games or 40 games, let's say he does half of the home games, you know, Bob Costas is going to work as hard as your local broadcaster. You know, he's going to be on top of every inch of what's going on. And he is going to give you both, not only the local broadcast and the info, but he's going to put a, a, a national spin on it and add the great intellect that he has. So if you bring in these top quality people, Dan Schulman falls into that area as well. Um, if you bring these type of people in and they're schooled and there's, there's a belief in that they really understand what your team is, what the vehicle of Cub Baseball is all about, you got a shot. Bruce, you know, Steve Stone obviously has worked for both teams, but that was after an acrimonious end to his Cubs run and about three or four years away. Um, Jack Brickhouse did both teams. You know, has was the connection different then in terms of the fans? How was that accepted as, as, as Brickhouse and others? He's not alone. I think Bob Elson did both teams, right? So it's... Uh, what, yeah, what, they, the connection has they changed. Didn't do all the, they didn't do all the games, okay? Uh, so they did all the Cub games, but they did not do all the White Sox games. So they did assorted White Sox games, probably up to maybe 80 or 100. I, you know, I can't, I can't remember exactly, but it wasn't, it wasn't a full throttle. So Brickhouse was always known as the Cub broadcaster that also did White Sox baseball on television. Mm-hmm. The, but back in the 50s and 60s, it was still a, a very much a radio vehicle. So the the voice of the Cubs back then, you know, uh, Jack Quinlan, and then it became Vince Lloyd. Uh, those were the guys, the, the voice of the Cubs, Lou Boudreau. Then you're, you know, with the White Sox, it was Bob Elson from the 30s until, you know, the, the late 1960s. He was the voice of the White Sox. So it was different. Uh, television didn't dominate, uh, you know, the the attention of baseball fans like it does now. It was still relatively new. It was something that people depended on. And the Cubs were one of the two teams in sports that broadcast all their games from 1948-49 all the way through all their games. I mean, they were unique. All the other owners thought that Philip Wrigley was an idiot for giving away his product for free at home and away. 
Hmm. As it turned out, it was genius because of the fact that he developed fans that the other teams didn't. That were young children coming home from school and watching the game during the day, and women at home watching the day uh, the game during the day. So uniquely, um, he marketed the Chicago Cubs to millions of more people than any other team did. You know, very, before we uh, take a break and talk to Jim Bowden in a matter of moments, let's uh, bring in Frankie Z in Naperville. Who dialed the number at 312-644-6767. You can also text us uh, at that very same number. Frankie Z, good morning, and welcome to Inside the Club. Good morning, guys. Listen, I really enjoy your show. I listen to it every week. I have a quick question, then I have a quick comment. Uh, the question is, was the White Sox job really open? I know, uh, if the guy last year did a pretty good job, I'm not sure why they opened it up, because a couple of my friends are saying that maybe Len kind of, you know, took someone's job. But that's, that's my question. Was it really open? My comment is, baseball is such a radio sport. So I can remember as a kid growing up in Wisconsin, I still remember who the Milwaukee Braves broadcasters were, Blaine Walsh and Earl Gillespie. And um, it was my grandmother used to listen. They were such a part of baseball it's amazing to me to still remember that after all those years but anyway i love your guys show and uh keep up the good work gentlemen thanks so much frankie z was this job open i mean andy mazer was it was wide in. open yeah I it was so wide too. open mm-hmm. and uh there were candidates that felt they were very close to getting the job i think that uh you know um well i, I won't go into names because it's just unfair uh but i i will just say that it was a serious group of four different broadcasters or so that were under serious consideration to be named probably relatively soon within the next month or so by the White Sox as the voice. So um, I don't think Len took anybody's job directly. Um, he just, unfortunately for them, they pushed the group aside because of his expertise and, uh, and his abilities that were wanted on the South Side. And in terms of that radio connection, I mean, that's the thing. And, and Len spoke to it yesterday with his love for Ernie Harwell. He was a 12-year-old kid lying in bed, listening to baseball on the radio, wanting to be that. And that's uh, the genesis of this move right here. Later on, assistant GM of the Cubs, Craig Breslow, will join us in the 10 o'clock hour. We'll also talk about the changed plea for the White Sox manager, Tony La Russa, what that means, the virtual winter meetings, whatever those actually are. And uh, stuff like that. But when we come back, Jim Bowden of The Athletic, of Sirius and XM, let's talk about the hot stove and uh, why it is glacial and uh, when perhaps the stove will melt that ice. We'll do that next on 670 The Score. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Welcome back in on 670 The Score. We'll talk to Jim Bowden in a matter of moments. Uh, Bruce, the, the non-tender deadline comes and goes. Any big surprises um, for you outside of, uh, of the Chicagoans? You know, uh, Rosario with the Minnesota was a surprise. But, you know, there are some holes in his game. Uh, there, I think he'll be quickly uh, swept up. Once the uh, free agent season gets rolling here now, after mm-hmm. uh, the the idea that uh, these non-tenders are over with, I think it was a very tepid non-tender uh, bloodletting outside of Chicago in most markets. Uh, people were predicting 75 or 100 players to be non-tendered, and it actually ended up a few under what it was in uh, 2019-20 offseason. So mm-hmm. uh, from that perspective, I was a little surprised that there weren't more. But uh, nonetheless, uh, here in Chicago, I think you, you had some huge names that were non-tender that we alluded to last week. But I think Schwarber is still shaking the foundation a little bit. Yeah, I think I think that's true. Um, Archie Bradley in Cincinnati was interesting to me. Mm-hmm. It's a big-time arm because when they traded for him, the extra year of – of control seemed to be a big part of, uh, of what they gave up the Reds. So maybe that is uh, that that's kind of indicative of, of, of the off season market as we're, as we're, you know, getting a, a feel for it. Maybe that's one that, that did change because of COVID and because of the uncertainty that's coming in the future. There, there's a lot of factors that are going to play into the slowness of this off season. There's the traditional baseball map, uh, or calendar, I should say, which has been very, very awkward for a while and and often mm-hmm. discussed. But there's there's uncertainty. Is there a DH in the National League? Is there expanded playoffs? Is there um, you know is there a full season? Is I mean and 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 as well as what are your budgets? What are your budgets? Are there going to be fans in the stands at one point? How many games? You know, there's a lot of. A lot of questions. I don't know if they're all going to get answered either, Bruce. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's a it's a situation where, um, you know, we don't know the rules, and that is confounding to a general manager. Speaking of general managers, 
Our next guest joins us on the Alpamani Ford Hotline. Alpamani Ford is in Melrose Park. A good friend and a great baseball man, a guy, as I told you, Matt, who has more 1099s out there than anybody I know. He works for CBS Sports. He works for The Athletic. He works for MLB Radio. He works for ESPN. Jim Bowden, good morning, and who do you not work for? Uh, Bruce and Matt, uh, great to talk to you. I don't work for you guys, so at least we found one company, I guess. That's not, not Give it yet. Time. But you, Give it time. You never know when there's an audition taking place uh, at the very That's moment. That's true. Jim, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. Your, your expertise, I, I, I listen to you all the time on a lot of different outlets. I, I read you in The Athletic. And the thing about you is you, you have such great experience as a GM uh, formerly of the Reds and Washington, a scout for many years and uh, initially signed by, as a scout by my old friend's uh, Sid Thrift, uh, you know, you, you have such a, a great wealth of knowledge and you're not afraid to say things, which is really interesting because you're, you're not afraid to express your opinion. When you look at uh, this year's um, non-tenders, what stood out to you as anything close to being shocking? Well, look, I didn't think anything was shocking. I predicted it would be 60 guys that were put out there, and the number ended up being 59. Um, the one thing that was surprised me a little bit, and I'm not saying shocking, but I thought there were going to be some bigger names. I thought there were teams that were going to make tougher decisions. And when the list came out, I looked at it and said, okay, Kyle Schwarber, Eddie Rosario, uh, David Dahl, Archie Bradley, handful, that's about it. And so, to be honest, after the pandemic and after listening to the GMs and owners of these 30 teams and how much money they lost, I was expecting tougher decisions were going to be made. And I thought we were going to have bigger names that were arbitration eligible that were going to put on the marketplace. So I think if there's anything that surprised me, it's that there weren't more Schwarber and Rosarios. So, so Schwarber, um, why do you think – there are not many teams, I guess, that were going to be interested in trading for him. And what, what, is, what is the, the, the talk on Schwarber? Is it the, the strikeout rate, the swing and miss, the style with which he, he plays offense? Because he's actually become a pretty serviceable left fielder. So, so why are people tepid on Schwarber? Yeah, so, again, everybody has different opinions. Um, and I've talked to a lot of GMs, gotten their opinions. I have my own opinion. So let me start with this. Um, I don't like him in left field like you do. Now, I'm the first one to say that he has improved and he's worked hard and he makes the plays he gets to. I get that. But in 2021, we need better range. We need more balls caught. And um, he's a DH for me. And there's other GMs, that active GMs, that feel the same way that I do. We like him. He's adequate in left. We can put him out there. doesn't mean you can't win with him out there. But you better have plus-plus defenders at the other seven or eight positions if he's going to be there. Now, again, I, he's improved a lot. I get it. You watch him. You don't notice it as much, uh, you know, especially on TV, that you do when you're at the ballpark and you just see balls he doesn't get to, the other left fielders get to. Um, but the defense plays. Okay, then the other part is, you know, when you look at his offense, I think what we know we're going to get is 30 home runs, right? We, pre- we feel pretty confident about that. Uh, but we also feel like we're going to have a guy that's going to hit 230 and a guy that's going to get on base 33 34% of the time. That, that, that's what he is. So I'm describing a DH that's got power, uh, doesn't have a good on-base percentage, and doesn't have a good average. Good makeup, good character in his prime. I want the player, 
Like, if I'm the Chicago Cubs on the south side of Chicago, I want him as my DH to replace Encarnacion because I want a left-handed bat there. If I'm the Yankees, if I had a spot for him, which they don't because Stanton has the DH, I'd like the left-handed bat in Yankee Stadium. So I like the player, but then when you start talking about tendering or not tendering or trading for the player, you know, do I want to spend $12 million or $10 million or whatever you think he was going to get in arbitration um, as a five-plus player? Do you want to pay that? And that's where it becomes sticky. And that's like Rosario with the Twins. He was going to get 10 to $12 million. Do I want to pay that, or am I more comfortable in the 6 to $8 million range in 2021? And the answer is the latter. Jim Bowden, our guest. This is Inside the Clubhouse. He's Matt. I'm Bruce. We're here with you 52 weeks out of the year talking baseball on the score. Jim, uh, who are the Chicago Cubs? What do you make out of the Chicago Cubs after Theo Epstein leaves? You have two established starting pitchers. You have no real bullpen guy other than Kimbrell, who you didn't use as a closer this year. And you have two outfielders on your 40 on your uh, 25-man roster. What do you make of the Chicago Cubs on December 5th, 2020? Well, the brilliance of Theo Epstein is when he departs, right? That, that's Theo. <laughs> he, he brought a world championship to Boston, a world championship to Chicago, and he leaves $10 million on the table to walk away a year early. Um, he's made enough money, not that money's a factor, but he walked away. And he walked away because he's smart enough to understand when you walk away. And I don't think he wanted his legacy to be that he walked away with Rizzo and Brian and Schwarber and Contreras and a farm system that's not doesn't have a core ready to go and a future that, quite frankly, is going to change dramatically over the next three to five years. Uh, he didn't want to be part of that. So why not leave when you're a first-place team, you're a playoff team, uh, unbelievable track record, it's better to go a year early than a year late. And that's kind of where he was. So walking away makes sense. Pass it over to Jed Hoyer. Uh, make sure people know that Hoyer's his own man. He's going to make his own moves. And let Jed be the guy to break this thing down because it's going to be ugly. You know, when you're talking about trying to trade guys with one year left until free agency in 2020-21, you're not getting anything. I mean, look what the, the Red Sox got for bets. I like Verdugo, don't get me wrong. I like Jeter Downs, but that's what you get for bets. You know, what did Arizona get for Goldschmidt? I like Carson Kelly. I like Luke Weaver, but for Paul Goldschmidt? So you're not going to get a lot for one year of these guys, um, and you don't have a farm system to overtake it, so where are you going? You can't play checkbook baseball. You're out of money. Theo's saved you $10 million, so that helps you a little bit, but does that help you more with a front office and helping you keep back one utility player? Probably. So the challenges are huge, and the Cubs – are in such a position that if I were Len Casper, I'd go see if I could announce White Sox games instead for the next five years. (laughs) And so he did. This is good stuff from Jim Bowden right here on The Score. So, Jim, those packages that you mentioned for for Goldschmidt, we were talking about those a couple weeks ago as we think about Chris Bryant with a year to go. Looked at Andrew McCutcheon's trade with a year to go on his deal. Um, um, Things like that. I don't know if it's the same. Like, what's a realistic package for one year of Chris Bryant at around 19 mil uh, with the opportunity to have him fall in love with you and re-sign him, as, as Betts did uh, with the Dodgers. What's a realistic package for Chris Bryant right now? Well, here's the problem. He's not going to fall in love with you. He's got Scott Boris as his agent. So go. what are the chances of him falling in love and signing with you? Stop it. That's not going to happen. So it's a one-year rental. It's one year and out. 
this isn't the Cardinals trading for you, knowing they can convince you to stay. That that's not that's not what this is. This is probably a trade to Washington, and you get the best return you can. Now, the greatest part about having these trade discussions, and I get a big kick out of this because I, I write trade ideas for the Athletic all the time, and it's so funny people's response because you know it's always oh this is a horrible trade. Well, it can't be a horrible trade on both sides. So if you're going to say a trade idea is bad, if you think about it, it can only be bad on one side. So that means you're loving it on the other side if you hate a trade idea. So my, my idea with Brian is whatever the trade's going to be, you're going to hate the trade idea, but the other side's going to like it. Because if you're talking to the Nationals and you're not going to get Jackson Rutledge, one of their top pitching prospects, which I'm expecting you're not to do, and you're going to get a lesser pitching prospect and a lesser outfield prospect, Cubs fans aren't going to like that deal. It's not going to feel good. It's not going to taste good. And five years from now, you're going to say, that's all we got for Chris Bryant. And that's unfortunate, but that's where we are. And that's why if you're going to make these trades, you've got to do what Andrew Friedman did when he was with Tampa or Eric Neander is now doing in Tampa. You've got to do it two or three years out. You've got to do it before you get this close. You can't wait till a year left because you're not going to make the good trade. You're not getting an all-star for Chris Bryant. You're not getting a silver slugger winner for Chris Bryant. The best move you make is in a trade like this is going to be the philosophy that A.J. Preller is doing in San Diego and Ben Sherrington is starting to inherit in Pittsburgh, which is I'll take the rookie guy. Just let me have the highest-end prospect I can get for Bryant. And that's hard to do when you're the Cubs because you want someone to come back and help you in a couple of years, right? You don't want to wait four or five years. But the truth is, in a trade like this, you're better off getting the rookie, the guy in rookie ball has got upside than you are getting the average player you're going to get for Brian otherwise. That, if you remember, that's the James Shields, Fernando Tatis Jr. trade as right. an example. Jim, uh, let's move to the south side. We're going 8.1 miles south from Wrigley Field, and you're looking at a team that's on the cusp of uh, – being something special for the next four or five or six years. You have your Jim Bowden is now Rick Hahn. He has $30 million to spend on this off season. Uh, how does he spend it? Does he spend it on one huge pitcher like Bauer, or does he get himself a left-handed hitting outfielder, a pitcher and a backup catcher of worth to make this push toward a world championship? I do the latter. Um, I fill I fill all the holes I possibly can the best way I can. Uh, Blake Snell is a top trade target for me. I'm going to work really hard to get Snell. I'm going to see if Eric Neander will put Austin Meadows in that trade with Snell, considering Meadows is coming off a uh, you know a down year and an injured year. Put Meadows in right field will work fine for me. Thank you very much. Uh, but I, I really like Snell. I want to find the trade uh, value of Sonny Gray, see how much it would take to get Gray away. Uh, backup plan is to get Lance Lynn, uh, especially if I can extend him a couple years because Lynn gives me those solid innings with Keuchel. Um, if I can't, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pound starting pitching. I want to get a pitcher that can pitch game one, two, or three for me if I can. Um, I need left-handed bat. I, I'm, I'm not balanced well enough. So, you know, that's why I said I love Schwarber at DH, if you don't mind, and then also get a right fielder. Um, I don't like Rosario there because I don't like the defense. Um, I know Mazzara looked terrible there, but I'm not opposed to bringing him back on a lower a lower contract if he was available. But I'm going to keep trying to upgrade um, as best I can, keep, keep trying to find a way to make a deal here. But I do want a left-handed hitter or two for the lineup along with the starting pitcher and the backup catcher. 
It's very interesting. Um, what kind of market is there for James McCann? Is he definitely gone from the White Sox? Probably. Uh, yeah. it, 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 JT yeah. Real Muto will have to sign first, I would think, for McCann. Yeah, sure. Yeah, McCann, he gone. Um, he <laughs> made the all-star team, and you went and signed Grandall, so he gone. Bye-bye. Um, McCann's going to get overpaid here. People are going to fall in love with the snapshot we've seen for the last mm-hmm. year and a half, which has been pretty good. I like McCann. Don't get me wrong. He's going to get overpaid. Um, yeah. It's just the way it's going to be. Supply and demand says he gets paid. And there's too many people in this sport that love what I've seen right now and really don't study the history of a player. Um, McCann's an interesting study. I like him. Don't get me wrong. But don't put him in the conversation with Robuto with me, please. Don't even mention yeah, him. He's not catching 130 games and giving you quality. He'll catch 80 no. games and you'll get – a lot out of him, but you need another catcher to go along with McCann. Jim, we, we yeah, appreciate exactly. your time and your expertise so much. Friendship is always valued here. Keep up the great work on all the, the entities, and we'll be listening to you uh, down the line and reading you in The Athletic as well. Thanks again, and have a great holiday season. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate having me on. Thanks, Jim. It's Jim Bowden. Some good stuff right there. Yeah, I, I, it's very interesting when you think about a Chris Bryant deal. Uh, Bruce, because, and he got specific with some of the names there in Washington. You know, you and I were talking about the Victor Robles or Carter Keboom type, you know, the 22, 23 year old post hype major league guy. And he says, no, do what AJ Preller's doing. Get the best rookie ball guy you can because he will turn into a lottery ticket and, and, and improve the quality of your system. Like that might be the reality that they're looking at. Yeah, you know, they, they, the Cubs need so much in pitching and outfield depth that, uh, y- you know, you could go anywhere and pick up, you know, valuable young guys for Bryant. But like you said, you get 20 cents on a dollar for the, for the quality of a Chris Bryant and his true potential still at age 28. We have to take a break. We do. It's 670 The Score. It's inside the clubhouse. He's Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. Craig Breslow, assistant GM of the Cubs next hour, but lots of conversation to come. If he isn't back with the Cubs, he's going to hit 40 home runs somewhere else, um, and and he's going to be just fine. The guy mashes baseballs for a living. It's what he does professionally. He's very, very good at it, and I'm not worried about his baseball career. I'm just selfish and sad. <laughs> I'm just selfish and sad. That's Ian Happ in his weekly appearance with Dan Bernstein earlier this week on 670 The Score. 40 homers in Kyle Schwarber's future, Bruce Levine, and where might that be? One wonders. Well, it could be anywhere, but uh, it might be uh, 8.1 miles away from Wrigley Field. Uh, the Chicago White Sox are a prime candidate to get a left-handed power bat. Now that they've uh, non-tendered uh, Nomar Mazzara, uh, they really have no... Uh, look, look at the left-handed power they have. They have Mancata at uh, third base. You know, that's, that's usually a 25-homer bat. It wasn't last year. Uh, they have um, Yasmani Grandal, who is usually a 30-home run guy. It was quite short of that in 60 games last year. He's a switch hitter. And uh, then they have one other left-handed bat. Uh, and Zach that Collins? Is, well, if you're counting I don't think, think he's breaking the lineup at any point. Uh, so uh, what, what, you, what you have is what you have is a left – from the starting lineup last year, you had you had 11 home runs from the left side. Mm. So they, they are in dire need. They, they are a potent 
probably one of the best right-handed power hitting teams in all of baseball. They are in need of balance and left-handed hitting, and Kyle Schwarber might be that guy. Now, how do you envision Kyle Schwarber with the Chicago White Sox? You have Eloy Jimenez in left field. You have Kyle Schwarber in right, and you have an exhausted an exhausted center <laughs> fielder uh, running around by the name of Luis Robert, who uh, will probably end up uh, weighing 132 pounds uh, by chasing it. And that's not a knock on Schwarber, who's gotten the most out of his ability in the outfield and is pretty good. Uh, Jimenez is not good, and uh, he's dangerous to himself out there. So from that perspective, he doesn't necessarily fit in right field. He has a right fielder's arm, and he certainly could do that. But um, fitting him into the DH role where you're going to have – you're going to want to have days off for Abreu. You're going to have. You're going to want to get the most out of Grandal, who's not going to catch 162 games. Mm-hmm. And you're going to want Jimenez in there. Uh, that is whether that's where you have to figure out if um, Schwarber can handle the load in right field for you if you bring him in. I um, Lurie Garcia, I think, is the other switch. Um, the other guy. Yeah, who yeah gives he was you out some... most of the year. Right, um, but. Yeah, I don't think you can do that defensively. I'll argue for Eddie Rosario, who I think is a really energetic, fun, multi-tool, multi-talented player who is not going to give you as much pure pop as Schwarber or some other guys, and there are some holes in his offensive game, but... I, I, I love his skill set. I love his passion. A buddy of Javier Baez, who was so fun to watch with that team Puerto Rico and beloved by a ton of Twins fans and, and media that I've talked to. And you take from Minnesota. Keep him in the division. Let him go after the Twins every time you play with a little chip on his shoulder. I, I, and couldn't Rosario play right field for you? A mix of Rosario and Adam Engel out there in right field could, could be pretty survivable for me. You 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 could. Um, is that the left-handed pop you're looking for in Rosario? Yeah, I mean, it's a guy who's who's hit 25 homers in a season a couple of times. Um, uh, you know, we'll have we'll have weeks to think about it. But for me, if it's Rosario or Schwarber for the White Sox, I like Rosario ten times out of ten. But that's me. Um, and lots what? more to talk about. I, I, I want to. You got to explain to me what the winter meetings actually are, if they're anything. Um, when we come that'll, back, that'll be a short conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, there's other stuff on the docket too. A changed plea for Tony Larusa. What exactly does that mean? And then Craig Breslow from the Cubs front office joins us at 10:30. It's all coming up on Inside the Clubhouse on 6:70. The score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas. Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.